Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Music. Music. Horror. Horror. Subculture. And overall bad Welcome, Welcome to Kettle, to Kettle Whistle, Whistle Radio. Radio. With your hosts, your host, Dave, Dave and Sean. Hello, folks. Thanks for listening. Kettle Whistle Radio. Actually, uh, not as stuffy as usual, but I am a little stuffy during this interview. Ugh, just never ends with me. Um, stuffy meaning my nasal factory here, not being a stuffy human. Man, come on. Guys, give me a break. Anastasia Elliott. We're talking to a pop rock star. And I say star, and um, maybe you didn't discover her yet, but you're about to. You're going to get to know her. It's deep and uh, a bit off more than I can chew in some plane of existence uh she's charming um enduring uh where the stuff comes from is definitely different than any artist or a, any um episode i've had in 275 episodes and kind of glossed over when we were going back and forth for a couple of months on when we could schedule this on where this stuff comes from where does music come from well this time around like I said, a bit off more than I can chew. Enjoy her. Enjoy her music. Uh, we're going to play Bones first. That's going to be the new release coming out in a couple of days here. Uh, the album comes out in May. I think we go over that May 1st. Uh, May 5th, sorry. And um, yeah, just thanks for listening and enjoy this conversation because uh, like, sometimes like sitting back and listening to the person I'm talking to is more enlightening than me trying to promote anything else happening around me. Or even the show itself. Um, I, I lose myself in the conversation and uh, I, I'm not going to apologize for that. She's intriguing and inventive and extremely talented. Anastasia Elliott. And thanks for listening. I made a few disruptions internet-wise and otherwise. Thanks for putting up with us. There's a few cutouts. Got cleaned up, but yeah. Goes without saying prime time on uh, zoom sometimes doesn't pan out but hey enjoy her and if you don't enjoy this conversation i question your ability of enjoying a true artist a true independent artist that built everything herself and um, what she's putting together um, this is 10 years in the making 
and I understand what it takes to be 10 years in the making of anything. Uh, so, again, Anastasia Elliott, let's listen to some Bones and then listen to her tell her story. It's extremely intriguing and inspiring. All right, and thank you, guys and girls.
right, folks, friends, and fiends. Uh, yeah, this is a show I've been trying to put together for quite some time. Uh, nobody's okay. fault. Things happen. And you just heard Bones, okay? And that's coming off of... I've got Anastasia Elliott on the line right now. That's coming off her album that's... Yeah, well, it's coming out in May, folks. You can hold... Oh, yes. 5-5. Five, five. Is it 5-5? Five, five? Yes, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, <laughs> La Petite Mort. Um, yeah, lots to talk about on that. But Bones, that song rocks, kicks ass. And if that didn't wake you up, if you're asleep at 2 a.m., then I don't, I have no hope for you. Thank you <laughs> so much for doing this. It took a lot for this to come. You know what, though? I, I We're going to get into like uh, contemporary terms right now, Anastasia. Uh, we were texting each other last night. Mm -hmm. It was the Super Bowl. It was the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think we were both kind of like, kind of, eh, all right, whatever. It was a good game. And I saw, I said, this is a great game. And you go, this game is shitty. <laughs> it ended on a bullshit call. It, right. Okay. 35 35 is pretty tight for Super Bowl. <laughs> it is real tight. And the refs shouldn't interfere in the last few minutes of a Super Bowl unless it's a major call. <laughs> yeah and you've you've explained you have a buffalo bills fan in the house so i understand the yeah, frustration I, I have enjoyed watching the bills this season I, I got the chance to work out with a couple of them over the summer when i was training for my music videos and so it was really fun for me to watch some of them and like i i just had more of a personal connection with them this year so you were not interested at all but you have to admit it was a good game it was a good game. It was a good game. <laughs> hey, it was listen. a good game. It just at the end, it just, it just felt easy. It just felt like it was handed handed to the Chiefs. But Oof. I don't know why. I'm just Patrick Mahomes. Is I'm I don't know. I just think he looks like a kind of a douchebag. I mean, I hate. <laughs> I don't judge people. I'm really anti judging people. But there's just <laughs> something about him to me that feels like mega douche lord. Very very interesting. Um, yeah, we don't talk that much sports here, but this is welcome. We do talk <laughs> hockey once in a while, but my, wow, yeah, you nailed something there that, hmm, worth looking into. Now, listen, <laughs> Anastasia, before we get into your stuff, and there's so much, you're yeah. like this crazy open book. Um, I do interviews as if we, like, just met in line at Starbucks, mm -hmm. and you just walked off with my, my freaking matcha latte. Like, excuse me, lady. <laughs> I believe you have my grassy beverage, and then we talk. Perfect. Well, that's where we are right now, and I, that's where we've been for a while, and we've been trying to put this together for a bit, and before, again, before we get into you, there's so much, what did you think of Rihanna's performance? I was bored. I thought it was slow. I prefer Alicia Keys. Uh, what, would we, what would you have done better? Um. Well, I... It's it's tough because I feel like every artist puts things in their performances for a reason. And I there were things I appreciated about it. Like I appreciated its simplicity and that it was really just about her songs and not about like a ton of bells and whistles. I thought that that was well done. But I think that she faked lip singing worse than some others have. <laughs> Um, I mean, I know that a lot of them do, and I understand it's like crazy variables that night, but there were just a lot of times where she left the mic and the vocals kept on going. Right. Um, that was my biggest complaint with it. I mean, she was pregnant, and I think that she 
I think she still put on a, an entertaining show. But I mean, I don't know what my. I mean, like Prince is obviously one of my favorite Super oh, Bowl shows, and thank like, you. I think The Weeknd did a great job. Like even last year's, I thought was really fun. And I think it's just fun watching every artist bring their own thing. But I, I thought it was. It was definitely less production than I expected her to do after nine mm. years of not touring or playing live. I kind of expected something a little bit crazier. But you're you're, you're not alone there. I've I've heard that time and again on the radio just this morning. Yeah, I mean, it felt like it was supposed to be like a big comeback, and it didn't really feel like that to me. I think it mm. felt more like a pregnancy announcement than a big comeback. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm actually glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> but she, I mean, but I, I mean, I did listening to it. I was like, damn, she's just had so many hits. And I didn't know that she is the number two highest selling female artist of all time until last night. And I mean, that's impressive. Can't hate on her. Hey, I'm just curious where you were with that. Um, yeah, because <laughs> I remember uh, a text. I was like, oh, God, lip sync. And you did not respond. So I'm thinking, hmm. <laughs> anyhow <laughs> no i just i mean i just know there's so many variables always and i just know you never know what's going through a performer's head or what's like going into the production or like what happened that day and i just i hate being one to like judge other people's performances but um sometimes sometimes i can and sometimes it's warranted <laughs> oh no i i actually wanted that angle from you and uh you gave it I appreciate that. So Anastasia Elliott, uh, it took a well, it took some time to get here, and we're here now. Uh, I'm glad we're here now because we're close to this uh, this release. And before we would have been in no man's land territory. Oh God, I'm, I'm like really sorry about some of the, like the obstacles we had to. No, no, no. Life this is happens. perfect timing. Uh, well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Um, so uh, first of all, how the hell are you feeling? today i am i am like wishing it was a sunday today i didn't feel like out a weekend because i had an out-of-town gig and it was like a really really great show but every muscle in my body hurts and my dog woke me up at 3 30 so i didn't sleep last night and i am just like really wanting to close my blinds and sleep all day but that's not gonna happen so i am completely I bothering you right now no, no, no. I'm looking forward to this. I just wish I could go to sleep after this. Oh, sleep hard after this. But um. I'm not. I'm going to this. I got a vocal session today, so it's a studio day. So somehow the uh, vocals are going to come through. I don't drink any caffeine. I'm I, So I'm like, if I don't sleep, and I just have to push through with natural energy. Did you say matcha? No, it's natural energy. Oh, not, okay. I mean, I I could actually really go for a matcha right now. I love matcha. I don't have tea. any at home. Uh, Maybe I should get some. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, how we how first, are you feeling today? Uh, uh, me, uh, caffeinated. caffeinated. <laughs> I have to be. Uh, but but I, I do have to apologize. Uh, this is kind of funny, but not. Um, when we, were, we first started talking... Uh, I glossed over this one moment where you talk about all your music and where it comes from. And you mentioned the plane crash and I literally mm -hmm. did not acknowledge it, but there's a reason for that. Like, that's not like a text response. You know, I'd rather talk uh -huh. to you about it than say, Oh shit, you were, what 
you know, it, it, it cheapens it. And um, I don't yeah. like, you know, it's a serious. Um, so the plane crash uh, ignited this new album coming out. Did. You might want to explain that because I, the plane, I, I sure. really feel bad that I did not acknowledge that. No. Um, yeah, it was in 2013, Southwest Flight 345, and I was on my way to finish recording or finish um, writing my song Crash Landing, and I was in a crash landing. And my whole life, I feel like, you know, a lot of people say like art, imi- like life imitates art. Art imitates life. That's what the saying is. But I feel like sometimes life imitates art, and I have learned that the hard way a few times. But I'm not going to say I completely manifested this plane crash. But I mean, the odds of that happening while working on those lyrics on the plane are pretty crazy. <laughs> so this definitely the trauma and my my journey towards finding peace again was what inspired this album and it's a story album meant to be listened to top to bottom and it goes through all the different stages of trauma processing that I went to to ultimately be reborn in the end it's called La Petite More which means the little death Mm -hmm. and it's all about the personal deaths and resurrections that happened during that time period we well, we are all like allured by someone like that's just beautiful that embraces that darkness. Um, you did this. Um, well, I mean, you lived it. Mm-hmm. Uh, My parents named me Anastasia, which means the resurrection. And so I think that they destined me for a life of many little deaths and rebirths because embracing darkness and transforming it into art has kind of become my thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Little bit your thing. Um, how do they feel about that in, well, retrospect? I'm sure it gives them plenty of anxiety, all the things I've been through, but <laughs> they love, <laughs> you they think love so? the art and the process of the art. <laughs> you just heard dogs knock over some stuff. I apologize. <laughs> it, it happens here quite often. How do they feel about you pursuing this musically? after that or writing a song about it um they love it they've always been very supportive of me i mean i moved away from home when i was 16 and to pursue my dreams and they always have loved it i've never never had any resistance towards any piece of content i've ever tried to make my dad even gave me a big ass book of pinup photography and art as hope for inspiration for me for Christmas like they just are the biggest supporters of all of art and my mom works with me a lot on costume design and set design and so we kind of have a little Warholian factory here of family business fun <laughs> that's no that's awesome and I, I love that like honestly uh when you said yeah I'm just watching the Super Bowl with my parents right now I was like, oh, God, I wish I could do that. That's so cool. <laughs> it's lovely. I mean, I lived away from them for eight years, and then they moved to Nashville. And right. um, over COVID especially, it was really fun because my brother, he lives in D.C., and he came home for that time. And it was like when I left and when I was 16, I, it wasn't like a planned thing. I just came to write for the summer, and then I just never went home. So I felt like I... I kind of get some years back that I had lost and it's just, it's a really good time. Sometimes they drive me crazy, but it's rare. No, what you just (laughs) said, some years lost and you got back. 
That's mm-hmm. huge. Uh, not everybody gets to get that chance. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. It is. I'm, no. I'm content for now. <laughs> <laughs> content. I don't know how content you really are. Um, I've listened to your music and I love like when I first started talking to you, you're like, yeah, it's pop music. Uh, uh-uh. uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. This is not just your dad's pop music. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, no, it's not. It's, it's important. It's important music. Thank it's you. feeling, it's, um, emotion. It's out of this world. Um, you, you have operatic vocal training. Uh, I got that in your press kit. I did mm-hmm. not Wikipedia. <laughs> yes, I am an opera singer yeah, and classical pianist. Can you so, explain that a little bit? Because it's so yeah. vivid. Yeah, growing up, um, I was very immersed in the theatrical arts of Houston. My grandfather was the chairman of the opera, and we also he also supported the ballet a lot and the symphony. So I grew up going to all three of those frequently, and I just loved the dramatic over-the-top art of it all and I started classical piano when I was I guess like five years old and then training in opera when I was like nine and I loved it a lot and then I but I knew like the classical realm was not going to be my my forte I quickly realized that I was not somebody that was like, that's the most like you have to be in the box and follow the rules kind of thing you could ever go into. But outside of like maybe like tap dance or ballet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not like any deviating from the, you know, there's a way that it's done correctly. Um, So that was not for me, but being able to take all of those like beautiful things I learned and put them into more, Modern music is my shtick, and I don't think that I'm happy with any song that I write unless it has, unless it's infused with something that like makes me excited or like feel like I've brought that into the modern era. I mean, I hope to help make my opera cool again. <laughs> I that's so awesome to hear. Um, I you probably have have you scared off like folks during like an audition like oh Jesus Christ this girl's amazing. Um, I've I've not really auditioned for much so I mean I never really enjoyed being in productions like operatic productions I just Hmm. privately trained Um, I wasn't in high school and stuff I tried to do certain types of productions I never liked musical theater at all Um, I mean I can definitely enjoy a Broadway show but I didn't like being a part of that stuff and and they didn't really want me either, so that never uh, jumped. Well, mm, yeah, that's <laughs> but I did win Best Soprano in Texas at the All-Star competitions As in high should. school. So that was really fun. I was going to say, their, their loss. Um, I, I, I read this in your press kit, entire immersive universe for her mm. listeners. And um, yeah, so explain entire immersive like universe when you're live. I mean, you're performing yeah. right there. Well, I think everything that I do, like to me, music is very visual and it's really something that engages the five senses for me as a creator. And so I try my best to make that also translate to the audience perspective. And for me making the album, like 
I write music videos while I'm writing the songs, so it's very visual and immersive for me. So that's why all the songs on this record have a music video and tons of extra content to find. And there's Easter eggs in all the videos that will hide secrets for other videos. And then live, I love to create experiences that just feel a bit more exciting and unconventional than typical concert experiences. Which that answers my next question. I was going to ask you to explain like what you would proclaim and perpetrate in your ideal concert live performance. Um, I've seen some videos of you and it's like kind of, honestly, the music speaks for itself, but do you, um, do you want to like uh, purvey or, uh, portray performance art as well on stage or are you just kind of like I yes. want to be the front woman uh, absolutely um we just threw our first sold out show which was so exciting in Nashville and nice for, for that one I wanted to create kind of like a a new year new you like mystical show theme so I had a lot of really cool vendors and tarot readers and painters and we had an amazing bill and just through a show that felt um, felt like you were coming to an event that had things to discover more than just coming to watch the music. You were kind of participating in being a part of the local art scene. So that was a very fun event. And then I'm planning an extra cool event for um, the album release, but I can't talk about that one yet. That's fine. That's fine. No, I got but that we intention. Love to incorporate lots of um, visuals on stage, and I usually perform with these really awesome televisions that are synced to the show. And we're rebuilding our light show currently, um, but it should be ready for the next show. It's just it's getting more and more intense. It's, it's getting more and more to be like my vision. I mean, during covid or before covid we had like kind of a crazy light show and all this fun stuff and then uh, some of our like i had to get a new computer and then some of our stuff wasn't compatible anymore so it's like taken a few months to reprogram it all and like figure out what we need and it's time right now for like our next up level so i'm excited to see the next iteration of the show yeah perception wise uh, watching you, and I can only see you on YouTube or you know the videos you you share. Uh, in your eyes, I see something bigger. Like there's something coming that we're. <laughs> oh, I have a whole stadium show design. Yes, you it's, do. <laughs> it's always the most. Everyone's always mad at me because I'm just I can't let anything just be like it always has to be the most. So everyone on show days is like we really have to carry all this shit and i'm like absolutely we do <laughs> it makes a difference and without it like it made me sad to play without all my extra bells and whistles the few months that we did because it just it didn't feel like my full vision it felt like you know eating a french fries without ketchup i mean it was fine <laughs> it's it's cool still french fries are still good but <laughs> they're really a vehicle for the ketchup <laughs> Oh, my friend, there there is a show in your head, and I can see it. Yeah, you're trying, you're trying, and you prevail in so many ways, but executing it is going to be so difficult. You got to get to that. Like, I, I've heard. All right, Jim Morrison, there's a show in my head. You know, he mm -hmm. had this thing. All right, his show was not that good. Um, <laughs> I've not seen you live, but I do expect amazingness. Uh, 
if yes, I do, it's, it's a great show. You're not going to let your fans down, and that shows. Yeah, yeah clearly. And you, I, I, in a way, I don't don't take this the wrong way. I feel like you put yourself down by saying we're pop music. Um, you're no, no, so I, much more. Rock. I say pop rock. I mean, I hate having to put myself in a genre box, and you've only right. heard a few genre songs box. from the record. But like, once it gets halfway to the record, the record turns a lot darker. And it goes into like harder rock and then the end of the album ends acoustic. So it's very multi-genre record, but it really sucks to have to put yourself in a box nowadays. But like you said, there's like a vision in my head. And I think my whole life right now is trying to just make the visions in my head possible, which is like what comes to, you know, DIYing all of our music videos, which are massive looking. But really, if you came behind the scenes, we're making all of that stuff and doing it on an extreme budget. And I just, I mean, I've been through having the perfect label deal and having investors want to work with me or back me and that not working out and all these kind of like push pulls in this industry. And my commitment to myself has been to not let that take away from the art I make or, or be like the thing that I have to have to see my vision through. So it means a lot more work and a lot, a lot less, I think, maybe inner peace sometimes. But it's the best feeling in the world to be able to finish something and be like, damn, we did that. And we did that on next to nothing. You said inner peace. Um, that's so important. And what you're doing and the release that you get from what you're doing. Uh, mm -hmm. You've been through some trauma. <laughs> We're not going to get through. Uh, well, we can get through it in a bit. I'm not going to get into it yet. But you've been through a lot and yet you get it out does the music is it is this helping you get it out or is it like i need more um the like work through my trauma you mean mm. or all of it i i, I was going to dig deeper into that because you said something yeah i think music is incredibly healing in itself um i think that the way that the music industry is right now is yeah. the antithesis of healing yes. so i think yes. sometimes that can feel like a conflict a, like conflict inside to be like oh i made this thing that is like so important and it's so healing to me and i think it can be important to so many and most of my life is spent learning how to you know run a great facebook ad and like you know, how the hell am I going to get these streams so that people take me seriously? And how can I get the people to listen to this and care about this? And, oh, my God, how can I fucking do TikTok when I don't want to do TikTok? I hate and, Yeah, me too. Know, oh, my God, you too? Do you do it? Just, do, you, do you do TikTok? No, I don't do it. I'm trying. I, I'm, I'm currently batching like my first tiktok videos well i have one video go like mega viral on there but it had nothing to do with music and mm -hmm. then everything that i tried to put out for music like just didn't do anything so i'm like i just don't yeah. understand how it works i think it's i think it's vapid i think it's just i don't know i will never in a million years be authentic lip singing to my song so <laughs> i'm just figuring out right now what i can do on there that still feels authentic and not soul draining oh, <laughs> um, but I think that <laughs> it's tough because you know I don't get to spend a lot of time right now like just making music anymore because I'm trying to figure out how to get this 10 year long project out into the world and do her justice by myself and that's that's very stressful so 
yes, it's very healing and very stressful. It's it's both. And I have to constantly be doing things for my mental health to keep myself in check. <laughs> uh, and yes. I, I'm now, I'm writing two albums right now. And I'm being very boundaried to make sure that I have the time to work on both of them. Without distractions. Yeah, without without distractions. Yeah. and And keeping my energy levels good so that I actually have stuff to give to it. Because when you hit burnout territory, the writing's not nearly as good. But I can confidently say that I'm so excited for the next two records and I'm writing some fantastic music. And the next concept album is probably more ambitious than the first. So. Well, we got more... I got a lot more for you right now. To, I, so much more. Um, yeah. Let's play London right now, just to keep the folks warm and content. Um, and uh, unless, of course, you have a, another pick. No, London's great. I love that song. All right, Thank kids. You. Thanks for listening. We got Anastasia Elliott. Oh, wow, well, I was going to say breaking our hearts. Um, uh, opening <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, entrenched in emotion right now. Thank you so much. We're listening to London, Anastasia Elliott. Thank you so much. Just had a deja vu, something in the way that your body moved. Just saw you dance for me underneath the sky in London. I've never been to London
are back. The best conversations happen off the air that you can't hear here on Kettle Whistle Radio. <laughs> I'm here with Anastasia Elliott. She is lovely, Miss Purple Hair. Uh, I don't like that you're known for purple hair. I think you have wonderful eyes. But oh, I, I think that tells the story. Um, you just heard London. London is the second song off the album, and it comes after Crash Landing, and it's kind of about the... Okay, first off, I'll say I love giving my perspective on songs, but I don't always love telling people what songs are about because I think that's one of the beauties of beautiful things about art is that it can be interpreted in so many different ways and I would never want to change someone's interpretation of what it's about. Make yeah. it make it your own. Yeah, it's it's about however you you use it in your own head to process whatever. But it um for me, like having this album and working on it for ten years, the meanings of songs have changed for me over time as I've as I've changed. But this song was about the um, kind of the effects of being in a relationship or being in new relationships, kind of all relationships in your life after you go through something cataclysmically dramatic and kind of people no longer resonating with you in the same way. And kind of that schism that happens when you grow or you like elevate in some way and then it feels like nobody else is on the same page and you kind of feel very isolated in that but wanting connection mm. that's where the song came from for me that's what writing is all about what i tried to tell anastasia like i was stabilizing the uh my dogs <laughs> so <laughs> that we can continue this conversation and uh, anyone that listens to this show knows that the, at some point they're going to start erupting uh, so I put on Daryl Hall and Oates right now. Hall and Oates always calms the dogs. No idea why. <laughs> no idea why. And I am a fan, but they, they, they like Hall and Oates. So they're being quiet right now. Um, so you're in Nashville right now. And do you reside there or do you mix there? Do. You reside there. I live here. Do you make it out to the West Coast? Or is that like, oh, God. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm coming in... April for NAM. I'm hosting a panel on wearable technology and music, so I will be there for NAM in uh, Anaheim. How well has your style been like accepted, like initially from listeners and producers alike? I know you get a ton of listens, but there's got to be that point where like they come at you like, "Uh, you got to change this." Um, I guess. Um. If I gave a shit about that, plenty of people, but I just never have. Like, I even in my very young years, like going to different labels and playing for them and pitching things, like, if I went in and they didn't understand what I was talking about, I was just like, okay, we're done. Like, that you don't understand me. So it's, there's no point. Like, I've worked with plenty of producers that have, like, tried to put auto-tune on my voice or Ugh. tell me to sing with less vibrato and more straight tone or because it's not going to be good for pop like I've had people tell me my lyrics are too deep for pop I've had Ugh. people tell me all kinds of things but like I just don't work with that person again like it's never good. been something that's ever gotten in my head or made me want to change or I just I mean when I found my when I was signed to a label, I was signed to the president of Warner Brothers, and I found, like, the one person who 
really appreciated music differently. Like when I first met him, he wound up clearing his entire day and I sat and played in piano and sang to him for like hours. And the way that we did my record, he basically was just like, here are your funds, like make your dream record. I don't want to know what songs you pick. I don't want to know anything. Just make me the most Anastasia record possible. So I just had like, even with my, my videos, with everything that I was doing with the label, it was just like, we love what you do. Just go do it. Mm. And that was very rare experience. <laughs> and very rare. so I've just never been one to care to work with people that didn't get that. And I think it used to bother me sometimes when I'd just leave a session and be like, why didn't they listen or why didn't they understand? It, it used to get to me more than it does now. And now I'm just like, I, I liken writing sorry to get vulgar but i like in creating and writing of music a lot to sex (laughs) and i believe very strongly that collab i love collaborating like i love um writing with other great minds and i don't love writing by myself i mean i do it and i can do it but i think there's something beautiful about merging minds together and finding people who are like stronger in the areas that you're weaker and I think that, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know where I was going with that. I just <laughs> no. kind of went off on a no, tangent. No, you're right. But no, writing yeah, and oh, sex. Oh, finding, yeah, finding people that really, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> gel with you. Because, like, just like sex, like, a lot of people are not going to. And it doesn't mean that they're wrong or they're bad. They're just not your good fit. So I think that, you know, between writing and finding people to work with you on the business side. It's just about finding the people that get, get you and can service your vision. (laughs) No, you said it, man. Uh, Sorry, girl. Uh, You said it. Um, Honestly. uh, Yeah. Writing and sex. If you can get people to admit, uh, emit those um, synapses with just a song and make them feel (laughs) what, what you're purveying um yeah that's my goal as a writer and i don't of course i don't get there uh, sometimes i do and don't they say that. they know but sometimes they i do when they tell you mm-hmm. and uh maybe the wrong reasons too but uh yeah if you can do that you you win you won mm-hmm. uh you did exactly what you were trying to do um I, I want to ask you to uh, talk to me about uh, you have so many you have these noble causes uh, NAM N A M M National mm-hmm. Association of Music Merchants you give back um, I can't say that all musicians give back yeah I love doing talks and panels I love I love going to colleges and schools to talk about creativity and trauma and I yeah I I love. I love helping people elevate themselves. I think that's such a fun thing for me. Those are my favorite to connect with people is when I can help them become their best selves. With the, the, the capital N-A-M-M, NAM for you novices, uh, she well got into the future of technology for independent musicians. Mm-hmm. I, all you guys listening right now, um, yeah, it pertains to you. Um, uh, you, so you do this, but I'm not sure that while you're doing this, are you still fulfilling yourself or are you like, yeah, I love doing this. I, nice. I love, love, love. I love going to do panels. Um, 
the A3E is the organization I partner with to do the tech focus panels, but um, innovating is such a huge passion of mine. And so the future of tech for independent artists was really fun panel that I hosted that kind of showed people how I bring more like a, a stadium type experience as much as I can to like a small venue and how you can achieve that. And then this year's panel is about all of the fun innovations in wearable technology from DIY ideas to like major luxury products. So we're going to cover lots of really fun stuff. What do you like say like to those kids um, when you do those speaking events? Um, I don't know that many musicians that actually like do that and give back. Um, like, what do you say? Um, it, it depends on, I guess, the age of my audience, but a lot of it is talking about how your darkness and your lowest points in life are not necessarily that, and that it's all about your perspective. And those are usually the times that you're able to transform that shit into something that makes you truly unique and special and that you can do that through artistic expression whether you're an artist or not being creative is our natural state as people as just human beings and I think a lot of people live with that being too stripped out of them and that's really a way for us to transform that crappy energy so I talk a lot about how to do that and I tell my stories my many, many, many traumatic stories and how they've changed me because I can say now, having been through a lot of things, like those darkest points in my life have been so necessary for me to up level. But I think a lot of people miss those opportunities and they just kind of stay in that low vibration and they sit in the shit for too long and they don't figure out how to use it to become better people i mean the most interesting people you're going to meet in your life have been through some stuff like you're not going to meet somebody who like clocks in at their nine to five and then goes home and watches television and that's all they do you're not really going to find that person very interesting so i think our, our like search for not having life be hard is just silly because i think that's what makes it so wonderful <laughs> that's why we're talking right now actually mm-hmm. um so again, uh, I have to go back to your 2013 plane crash. Uh, mm-hmm. There's trauma there in your music. Um, then you also admit to some faults within yourself at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do my listeners like an injustice if I didn't ask you about that. Yeah. Um, well, I guess before the plane crash, I came from... I grew up in Houston and it was definitely more of like that kind of socially fake perfect type of society where everything is always, you know, meant to appear perfect, whether it is or not, like it's usually not. (laughs) And I grew up around a lot of people that were not at all authentic. And so I didn't have a ton of emotional intelligence and connection to all those parts of myself and when well you were you were young yeah I was 18 when I was in the place I mean come on and yeah I I had no clue and I was writing music that I thought was great and then that happened and I didn't have any of the tools to process what I what I was going through and 
any people in my life that could help me. And that really, I mean, that experience changed my life in every possible way. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I never read before. I hated reading. I hated being outside. And after that, after the plane crash, I started averaging like 65 books a year. And I started gardening. Like it just changed my connection to like everything and how I lived life and how I like thought about people and it just changed me as a whole person and after that my art changed and I started researching so much about wellness and I tried everything to from hypnosis to crystal work to going to mediums to um, therapy and all of it and I'm a huge self-care lover (laughs) and since then and just started like yeah, transforming that stuff because I was like, I can't feel like I'm in a chaos spiral all the time. So I'm just going to learn all the information that the world has to offer. And like my healing is still going. I mean, after that, I went through, I lost my voice from a like freak allergic reaction and had to have vocal surgery. And I was silent for 75 days. Um, right after I finished recording this album and I lost my label deal all in the same span of a couple of months. And I was in a very, then I'm very much trauma bonded to a person who wound up becoming a very toxic relationship that ended over COVID. And I lost, you know, a child in that cause I had helped him raise a kid for eight years. And then, you know, now we're, then we, you know, we went through COVID time and, that was so much instability in the music and there's just been layers of stuff that I've, you know, worked on and peeled away over time. And I actually, I don't know if I can say this. I mean, I'm going to say it. You can edit it out. No, no, no. (laughs) You say what you want. Um, I'll edit later. Last Saturday, I just had my first magical mushroom experience and that changed my life in so many ways. Like I feel like I cleared out so much like, trauma or dark stuff that like it wasn't moving for me with all the other forms of self-care that I do you're you're not the first you're not the first person to uh tell me that yeah I'm pretty obsessed with them and I'm very grateful that I went through that experience especially before putting this record out so I mean that's just kind of a rundown on a lot of the stuff that I've been through but it's yeah I mean it yeah, it grows, it grows with you through time. And I love, now I, I call her the trauma fairy. And when she visits me, I try my hardest to be like, all right, what's the fucking lesson we're going to learn this time? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, there, um, okay. So we're, we're going to get into masquerade right now because I need to decompress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I no, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> Nothing you can say I can't handle. Trust me on that. But let's, let's, all right. So masquerade. I, I, I don't mean to say that to be a downer though. Like I love all of those experiences. Like I've really come to love every one of them. Oh, no, no. Same here. No, no. You did not put me down. Trust me. <laughs> I, I don't need I'm that. I'm not to bring down. But I think right, masquerade, masquerade is the tune to play right now. And then then we're going to get right back into some weirdness. <laughs> Anastasia, Elliot, thank you so much for doing Standing this. Standing right in front of me in your disguise. 
eyes dressed up in black lies porcelain face covering your scars i want to break it off tonight i got a game for us can't reach your hands to touch too much is not enough your turn to move we can move Mysterious puzzle. 
fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. This is Mario. And Sarah. From Spotlights, and you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. Folks, friends, and fiends, you just heard Masquerade. I'm talking to Anastasia Elliott. Bones, you don't want to miss. That was earlier in the episode. That is the next release. Oh my God, she let me play it. Um, <laughs> but I, a huge apology to Derek who uh producer um no boyfriend uh boyfriend manager email. photographer uh, okay not producer <laughs> <laughs> tell him i'm sorry i got clustered he sent me everything that i needed and it uh-huh. got lost in everything that i i, I freaking needed <laughs> oh, it okay. happens no email gets oh my god you have no idea I know. oh wait wait you do i do <laughs> All right, so February 24th, Bones Gets Released, and that's from the album. Oh, my God. La Petite Mort. La Petite Mort. Which is very very much a true story. Yes. So what instruments do you play, and who taught you or influenced you to sing? Um, piano is definitely my main instrument. I do play guitar, but, um, I'm not, I don't play on stage yet. Um, I'm not crazy good at guitar. I taught myself when I was younger by, I went through a John Mayer phase and I taught myself by learning how to play a lot of John Mayer songs, which are very hard, (laughs) but now I'm kind of in this place where I have really long nails and... I love them. I can't play guitar with, with my nails, so I'm going to have to get rid of them soon because my guitar currently is just staring at me in the corner, and it looks so sad and unloved right now. No, I'm making fun of you because uh, the nails. Oh, well, piano and guitar are hand in hand. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You learn one, you could do the other, at least I, well, from mm-hmm. my experience. But the nails, how do girls with their gigantic nails... <laughs> I never. Ever. Uh, you could I pluck never. a base, I guess. <laughs> I never liked having nails. I never had long nails until very recently. I found a girl who does like really cool nail art, and now they're really fun for me. And it's gonna be sad for me to get rid of them. But guitar, guitar is very difficult to me because I'm such a pianist. So like it doesn't always make sense to me, and I I've been taking lessons and learning more because guitar is very inspiring to me but I also like I played lots of instruments on my record I played bass some and I played an organ and I played a harpsichord I played um all kinds I played drums I played all kinds of things on the record I think I play every instrument because I think it's it's fun. It doesn't mean I'm great at every instrument, but I, I love to play with every instrument. I played theremin on the record. 
you have an appreciation. Yeah, every instrument is just a vehicle for for sound and fun. So I don't think I would shy away from any of them, but it doesn't mean I'm going to be the best at it. Piano is definitely my best instrument. Yeah, I think your voice is. Are only... Oh, well, yeah, I mean, oh. I always consider that. <laughs> consider. <same>. You consider <laughs> it. Are all your songs strictly like about your personal experiences or do you like write about others' personal and life experiences? Um, I think subconsciously they have something to do with my experiences. When I was writing some of the songs for this record, I thought I was kind of making stories or fantastical characters in my head. But if I were to analyze it now, looking back and knowing what I was going through, I think I was definitely channeling plenty of things that were going on in my life. Sometimes it's just not as obvious. I think for me, I start with tracks, like I start with building a vibe and then I write the melody and then I see kind of what visuals that inspires for me and that's then we go to the lyrics. So um, sometimes it's just whatever imagery comes to my head and it's not always deeply rooted in personal experience, but usually if I were to analyze it, it is. Um, one of the next albums I'm working on is particularly not about any of my personal experiences. It's I it's I can't say any word about it because it's probably a year away from releasing. But um, it it's my first time trying very hard to not write at all from my personal experience. So hmm. and then the other one is deeply personal. So <laughs> I got both outlets there. Have you like ever written a story that was like not about music? Um, mm, no. I like no. <laughs> no, I get it. I, I journal every morning a lot, and I I write a lot of things probably that never make it to the music, but I, no. Uh, but for me, like, words are the last thing that comes. It's not necessarily my strongest piece of the puzzle. So I, I love the words that we get to I'm not saying that I don't but it's not the thing that has come the easiest to me in the past since my mushroom experience though I've had a different connection to words um we're gonna go out after this with crash landing because mm -hmm. it's just the way to end it uh, anything it's a way to end anything uh, it's an amazing video it's an amazing song um in the video uh is it you taking it back, uh, reliving it? What is it to you? Mm, I, again, <laughs> interpretation. She threw it back at me, folks. In the video, for me, it's kind of the crash that begins it all. So hmm. it's, it's more just the um, embodiment of the first crash. But every video ends with some sort of crash and destruction and it's up to you to figure out if it's my life flashing before my eyes or if it's a fever dream or if it's immortality there's plenty in there to find if i told you i understood everything you said would you look at me sideways yes you would and i totally <laughs> understand everything you just said all right cigarettes and gasoline that video yes. goddamn Elegant, beautiful colors. I have lots of The harrowing, it's just this harrowing, dark fairy tale emotion.
Yeah. But it's so beautiful. I, I have a lot to say about that one because Go. that that song actually didn't make the album. And when I took the album from Warner Brothers and went independent and was like, okay, I'm going to do this myself. I loved it so much. I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I'm going to add a song to the record and I'm going to put it first. And it's going to be like a guinea pig song to me. And it, people wound up loving it, but it, um, it became the prologue to me. It was kind of like the missing piece. And actually the album yeah. title came from the bridge of that song. And so it felt like it was just, it was missing. So I finished it and put it first and, the video was my first video that I had done. That was your first? Without the without the oh. label, without any backing. And it was, for me, kind of like proof that I could DIY anything that I set my mind to. And I had to do extravagant and do it on a budget. So that video was a huge labor of love and the first one that I did independent. It's amazing. Um this video, I I feel, is where your operatic background is truly featured. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong about yes. that? Yes, it is. Some good old French in there. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going. I'm going to like another video. Cigarettes and gasoline. I got to go back to that because I saw the live version of that and the contrast. Mm -hmm. And that's where I know, like, I'm missing out by not seeing you live. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, fuck yeah. Um, holy shit. <laughs> what a difference between... Uh, it doesn't matter. Like For me, it's always the live experience. That live mm -hmm. recording is actually pretty good. Uh, with you. Yeah. I mean, whoever recorded, not you. Um, you're, but <laughs> I, just that amazing contrast between the actual production video and you singing live. Is that what we expect to see when we see you? Are you talking about the piano? Yeah, I no, that, um, I wish I knew what, where I got that video from. Just a live, oh, oh, it's oh, on YouTube, oh, the oh, live, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um. Yeah, you, you kind of um, like give it all. Yeah, it's, um, I think every show is different. Every show has something different, so you're just going to have to come see it. Well, if I could. All right, so. This is where I ask you, do you like horror movies? Do you, what, 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 and what are you listening to these days? I, I, I do and I don't. I like, <laughs> I like psychological thrillers and I like Ooh. some horror movies, but when it gets too gory, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, it depends on the movie. I loved Midsummer. I just saw that recently. I loved that. And I love, yeah, I do. And I don't. Hereditary is on my list. I hear that's like the. <laughs> <laughs> if you like psychological, that one will, yeah, drive it home. I love A24, and I think everything they do is fantastic. So, um, yeah, I do, and I and I don't. I'm not a huge fan of like the the first scary scary movie I ever saw was like the original Halloween, and I saw it like very young at a friend's house, and it was one of those things that like. I remember 
so strongly how like horrible I felt watching it and like how it felt like it almost like ruined my innocence like I didn't even realize that things like that existed and I just remember feeling just like so sick about that movie and upset about it um so like those kinds of movies I've never been a huge fan of but I do love some kinds of horror I love artistic horror I get it though yeah it got too close (laughs) I, I don't know. It just disturbed me. Well, I can recommend Aliens, Jaws, and Evil Dead. Those I've things actually can't... never seen Jaws oh. or Evil Dead. I was going to say they can't happen, but Jaws did. Red Bank, right? New Jersey, long story. I tell it here. I, I have an interesting relationship with listening to music. I have never been a person that listens to a lot of music, which may surprise you. Um, but no, I wouldn't. don't always even think about music being something to listen to. Like as silly as that sounds, I'm making it all the time. It's in my head all the time. If I'm going to listen to something, it's usually like a podcast or a radio show, not always music, but dating a music journalist that definitely changed because he's the opposite of me and listens to music 24 seven. And so I listen to, I listen to a lot more music now. But I kind of am the person who gets on, like, kicks where I'll just, like, have one artist that I really love in the moment and listen to a bunch of their stuff. And then right now I'm in a Radiohead phase. That being said, I, I love Radiohead a lot. What is, I, I, so what's the, most, <laughs> what's the most aggressive music you listen to? Um, he is a metal lover, so he's introduced me to a lot of more aggressive music. Uh, we just saw Opeth a couple months ago, and I fucking loved that nice. show. And he is so amazing. Very nice. And, and I like Nightwish. And I love metal. It's just in small doses. But I, the reason I love metal, and the metal community actually really seems to like my music. And yeah, I think it's they, because. I was going to say, um, they, they do embrace you. Yes. Yeah, I think it's because of my strong vocals and my like symphonic and like I don't want to say like smarter things I put in my pop music than other people do but I think metal people like there's an intricacy to that music and Mm -hmm. there is a level of intelligence to that music that's not in other stuff and I think that they they see me as one of their own I hope but um yeah I I love that side of it it's just when you listen to it there's so much intricacy and so much like some symphonic touches and math there's so much math to a lot of math a lot of a lot of girls a lot of girls are breaking through too um i'm gonna say this one word you missed was aggression um Mm -hmm. you have that but you do it in the right way and I admire I'm, I'm it so much. I'm not a very aggressive person. No, I'm not... <laughs> no, no, no. It's in your music. It, it's in no, your yeah. videos. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think videos for me are my main outlet of aggression because I kill people in most of my videos. <laughs> Personally, I'm not somebody that identifies with emotions like anger and aggression too much. Maybe it's the Pisces in me. I'm just a watery person that like has a lot of emotions but I feel like yeah I get to put that into my videos and I love murdering people in my videos <laughs> but who are you actually murdering when you do that <laughs> oh I think maybe subconsciously in this first album's videos I was maybe murdering 
um, the person who I was in a relationship with at, at the time, <laughs> looking back on That's fair. That's fair game. Yeah. Good for you. But I think, I think sometimes, like, for me, it's just murdering off maybe archetypes of people that I have mm-hmm. gone after or, like, um, yeah, things that no longer serve me. It's like murdering off metaphorical concepts sometimes. Well, you spurred some things right here. Um, so, again, if you wrote a script, what would be your horror movie? Mm. What would be my horror yeah, movie? You got me thinking, kid. Sorry. If I wrote a script... Hold on. Give me a second. I'm going to um, give you a good answer. I'll give you a couple of seconds. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> She's still thinking. I see the steam <laughs> coming out of your ears. No. I just, I want to, I, I want to make a good horror movie, not something I thought of in two seconds. Um, that's the perfectionist <laughs> achiever in me. Um, you just I said, you actually said more than you could by not saying <laughs> Boom. Maybe I would make a um all right, here we go. I would make a plane crash horror movie. And I would have it be like a fucking well, I, I would make the uh videos I have made, but way fucking darker and with a great script. It would be like a time traveling plane crash movie. And there you have it. <laughs> um psychological. You, very much. <laughs> ask you to elaborate on that but um you say write what you know yeah right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you shut me up <laughs> oh amazing um i feel like there's amazing amounts of what? things in that brain of yours thanks no well there is um I all right there's a million things that we could touch on but next time it's up to you no or <laughs> we can keep going um Maybe we'll have to do a follow-up for the album release when you can hear the whole red. I can't wait to do that. Don't forget me. Um, but I won't. What, um, what is the future of, uh, well, yeah, what's next? World domination. Um, I think um, I love this album, and, and I am very excited to get it into the world. Excited and terrified. It's kind of like giving birth to a 10-year-old. It's like scary and awkward and exciting all at the same time well that honestly changed recently because my original plan and has been my original plan the last 10 years was to release this album as a single and video every month for a year because i really wanted to be able to play each song and video each song has behind so much that went into it and it's all for a reason i don't think there's and then I yeah I, I was I, I think my connection cut out um yeah I you did you hear about my original plan for this project um it, it faded out unfortunately okay yeah all right I'll start I'll start there no you're fine my original plan for this album was to release it as um singles and videos every month for a year because each song and video is on there for a reason and I don't think there are any sleepers and I wanted each of them to have their moment in the sun but I kind of came to this place a couple months ago where 
when I started writing the next two records and I was just like, I can't, I can't keep myself stuck in this one project while I try to find the perfect release partner because I think I'm just going to have to do it on my own. So I'm going to put it out as a complete collection in May. And then I think it'll probably be something that as I keep releasing music, people will come back to do deep dives in later. I mean, it's, it's definitely difficult as a new artist to get people to do as deep of a dive as I want them to do into this with everything that's in, in it. <laughs> but, it's admirable. So admirable. Um, two words, Trent Reznor. <laughs> I love him so much. Uh, One of my dream collaborators. Oh, well, I see that. Oh, I'll go Richie Patrick, but he keeps denying me. That's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> we're going to go out with Crash Landing because there's no other way to end a show. It's uh, Watch the video, kids. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I, yeah, I had some. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll just go out Ooh, with Crash what? Landing. Uh, um, I, I, I want your input like on what you were thinking when you wrote that. Oh, um, I can't say that I know. I don't know at all. I, um, the first thing I wrote for that song was the chord progression of the chorus, which was strange and especially a strange progression for a chorus. And then we just kind of wrote this like story. Like I just, I, none of us really had any clue where it was coming from, but it just, it just came to us and it was like a few months later that the plane crash happened. And that's why I say sometimes life imitates art. And I think sometimes I get, sometimes when I'm writing things that feel like just stories, then later on I'm like, Oh, that totally came true. Or like that. I don't know. It's, it's kind of songwriting for me sometimes is like channeling something like the song is already written and you're just like bringing it through. I, yes, and, I get that. Yeah, and sometimes I think, I don't know, sometimes I think we tap into things that are maybe haven't happened yet, and that's like getting into all about like how time isn't fucking real. None of this is real. Mm. <laughs> but I think sometimes we're able to access things that are maybe not, I don't know, just... You know what I'm saying. I do, actually. <laughs> I do. I do. All right. Crash Landing. No, um, and that album, dude. Uh, La Petite Mort. Coming out May 5th, folks. Anastasia Elliott. Don't miss it. Freaking buy it. That's what I do. I buy my yeah, freaking music. It. You know, honestly. And yeah, I, I'm hoping to have vinyls for this project. I'm looking into how, to, how I'm going to do that right now. But buy it fucking buy it because man <laughs> 10 years of my life and is so much love and time and money and pain is in this project so buy it <laughs> well they hear you now um i hear it uh yeah i buy my music i still buy vinyl i love cds and i always download with pay on Bandcamp if yeah, i can Bandcamp's great Band it's Camp important is great. it's important i think the i think supporting Music artists is definitely a lost art, and I, I hope that people will start to gain more awareness around it. I, I read something the other day that was like, it takes 10 million streams for an artist to make a minimum wage, and 
if you know anything about being an artist, it's expensive as fuck if you want to get anywhere with it. I mean, it really is. It was and worse. It was worse it, in the early 2000s. I, I was doing this show during Napster, so you, you mm-hmm. can imagine. Yeah, but it's expensive and it's like, and it takes a lot of time and it's it's a hard it's a hard career and I I think it's funny sometimes on my Facebook ads like I'll get people like you know your classic internet trolls who will make stupid comments like this is what happens when someone just has a lot of money and I'm just like you have no idea no, like what has gone no, into this they and don't. I was like you don't have any clue how much I stretch a dollar like fuck you shut up and I just I think, you know, music, it's a tough thing to pay for because there's so much music to consume now. It's not like it used to be where there were like a certain amount of records that were coming out that -hmm. you can't really, you know, pay and support lots of artists. But I think if you love what you're hearing and you appreciate the art of it, it's a very nice thing to do. And you get to keep it forever. But I don't know. It's an Money is an energetic thing. It's an energetic exchange. And I think... If something impacts you, it's it's worth it. It'll, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, here at Kettle Whistle Radio, we love getting swag. We get a T-shirt. Mm. We get CDs. We're like, yay! We're so happy. Um, well, I'll have to send you my swag. Uh, I'll take whatever have, you got. I'll really pay for it. No, no, no. You don't send it. I'll pay for it. I have some really cool merch <laughs> that's about to launch. I'm debuting the first AR-enabled merch so <laughs> it has um t-shirts and vinyls and things that come to life with your phone and the videos and special content so feb 24th we get to hear bones bones and do you have live shows coming up yes we have a show in Nashville on March 23rd with this really awesome artist named Maine from Australia. She's coming to the States to tour, so we're playing together at the East Room, and then we are playing um, we're throwing a festival here in July at the Dive Motel on July 1st, and we're working on an East Coast tour in the summer. Um, And yeah, still working on booking stuff that's like it's a lot being independent and there being like two of us doing all the work because trying to get a record out and book all the shows and book all you know everything it it's like certain things get more attention than others but we're hoping to book a lot more shows because i love playing live more than just about anything well i want to let you go but i have a huge question for you next all right, cool. All right. Hey, folks, friends, and fiends, still here with Anastasia Elliott. She's still dealing with my bullshit. And <laughs> <laughs> we're having fun and um, enjoying uh, conversation. Uh, oh, yeah. There's just like so much going on here. Um, where are you with like, all right, we're going Burt Bacharach versus Mike Patton. Did you ever, are you familiar with Mike Patton, Faith No More? No. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So where are you with like crooning as far as like well you you do it already? Oh without I, I, knowing you do I it. I love crooners. I I love old school music. Okay. We're talking about old school music, right? Well I am talking about Mike Patton like doing old shit that he uh, made it he made it like renewed for folks now. Oh, um, you're gonna have to send that to me. 
Wow. Like I said, I'm not like a huge music discovery person. So usually I've like, I, it's people, it's, I know things cause people send them to me. That's okay. That's what like keeps you, but I love old music. It keeps you original. So, I love crooning. so if you crooned, <laughs> would it be Frank? Would it be Nancy? <laughs> I love Frank Sinatra and I love Dean Martin and I love, um, I listen to a lot of, um, Bobby Hackett and, um, I, I have so many old vinyls and oh, nice. me, old music is one of my, one of my things of choice. Cause I just, I love listening to chill music and it just makes me happy. Makes me feel fancy. I literally threw a coin in the pond to see if you would take on that. Uh, so, um, when I was little and Dean Martin boom. was the only thing that would make me stop crying. What? When I was a baby. That was like the thing my mom would have to put on to make me stop crying. Okay, I had no way of knowing that. <laughs> um, okay, can you elaborate? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like when I was just a baby, like I would, when I would just scream and scream, she would always put on Dean Martin and and dance with me and hold me, and that was like the thing that oh. just soothed me, I guess. Shut me up. So it started there. Yeah, I love. I love my, growing up that we listened to a lot of old music and my dad also loved like the powerful female vocalists of the eighties, like Pat Benatar and Taylor Dane and Annie Lennox and all those Kate Bush, all those badasses. Wow. So that's really what I was raised on. And I think what, infl and you know, not even just females like Freddie Mercury and Bowie and all of them. I, that's what I listened to growing up. So I think that eighties music, very much was heavy inspiration for me as an artist. I, I think I just admire the strength that they had in their vocals back then that I think we lack a lot now in popular music. Correct. Oh, lack there now. Wow. Um, okay, I'm going to throw a name at you. Uh, Jonette Napolitano, Concrete Blonde. Mm. Nope. Nope. Try it. I cannot okay. wait till you discover that. I'm going to send you some Amazing. stuff today. Yeah, oh, please, please, Christmas. Please. You're going to love please. it. I love it. <laughs> Just wait. Um, I, I, you already know it. I don't know. What are you missing? Start crooning. Well, my opera and crooning is actually like that style of music is what I sing for fun. I don't really like to sing popular music for fun, so... Anytime you catch me singing around the house or in the shower, it'll always be old music or opera. <laughs> it's relaxing to me. It is. It is. Um, I enjoyed talking to you so much. I, yeah, I'm going to send you some stuff, um, and I hope you send me some stuff. Uh, and uh, where do we find you? You can find me anywhere that there is to find an artist, on Instagram or Facebook or soon to be TikTok. If you're one of them, please come over there and engage with me and help me out. <laughs> Teach me how to TikTok, um, Twitter and Spotify, Apple music, Amazon, wherever you listen to music, it should be on there. And if it's not message me because then someone needs to be yelled at and yeah, YouTube, please YouTube, please go watch the uh, music videos that I have directed and, and spent so much time on and there's going to be many new cool ones coming out 
And thank you, D Factor. That's our house band. John Young, thank you so much. And celebrationofspirits.com. That is for all the artists out there. It doesn't matter if you write, you have comic books, you, you, you make music, and you are Anastasia Elliott. Celebrationofspirits.com, folks. And burningbulb. I'm sorry, burningbulbplushing.com for all your horror needs. Um, thank you for listening and, um, oh, thanks for putting up with me, I guess. It's one of those Thank things. you for having me. I also yeah. wanted to say definitely come over and, and join my community that's about to launch called the Purple Cult. And it's going to be a place where we support each other's art, no matter what kind of art you do and, and like really vibe with just being creative people. Well, we appreciate you. And thank you so much. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you so much We're for gonna... the lovely interview. Ah, boo. Boo me. And we'll have to do a follow-up for the album release. <laughs> well, yeah, when you have your next release. Uh, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna bring you down with Crash Landing. Folks, watch <laughs> the video. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's lovely. But, yeah, um, the content, hey, uh, that's why we write. So enjoy. Watch Crash Landing. Listen to the song. And uh, get back to us. And we love you. Thanks for listening. Bye.
pop culture, subculture, music, horror, sex, politics, art, and overall bad ass. This is Society 13, redefining podcasting. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with ElectroCast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of ElectroCast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join ElectroCast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interviews. Electric acid. Electric acid.